Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Front Page Dub Podcast, a new installment of our short series, Front Page Dub Shorts. Obviously we had our first one a little while ago now with Amy Harrison, but we are back with our second version of this. Going to the other side of Sydney now, we do have Star Striker, English Striker, Fiona Watts joining us. Fiona, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I should introduce my co-host as well, Matt. Matt is joining us as usual over from Perth. Matt, how are you doing today? Yeah, gladly third on the billing <laughs> list today. Thank you, Cody. And for good reason too, we do have one of the informed uh, strikers in the, in the league this season joining us. I do believe they deserve they deserve the, they deserve the introduction that their career is rightly earned them. I guess I don't know how to put that in a better perspective, <laughs> but. Anyway, we'll get into it because, Fiona, there is a lot that we could be talking about with you. We could be here for an hour, but this is a short episode, so we are going to try and condense it as much as we can. Obviously, you are a new signing at Sydney FC, transferred in the offseason over from Adelaide. Took a few people by surprise, but I guess we've got, we'll start, obviously, at the beginning where that's how your season started, basically. Leaving Adelaide, going to Sydney FC, how did that kind of play out? And when did the conversations with Sydney FC start? Um, the conversations with Sydney were actually quite late. Um, I kind of, uh, like sat on what I was going to do for a while. I hadn't really decided, uh, where I wanted to play. Um, so yeah, it was quite late. I don't think there was conversations happening till like a month before preseason. Uh, probably later. It might have even been just like a few weeks. Um, but yeah, like once those conversations started happening, um, like, you know, it's not too hard of a choice. Um, you know, reigning champions, premiers, like, I think if I was staying, like, the decision to stay in the A-League, you know, I kind of really wanted, um, a different experience. Um, and to be sort of in a club where I was pushing for, you know, maybe some, some team trophies and things. Um, so yeah, uh, it was quite late and it, it I don't think I'd signed my contract till like three days before I left to start preseason, and I got there a day before preseason started. So it was all quite late, but um, I think that was kind of my own doing, probably more than anything. Um, just yeah, taking my time figuring out what I was going to do. It's interesting. So it was never really a thing of like necessarily trying to get out of Adelaide or anything. It was just more a toss up in a career. Do you still look at, um, at your career with Adelaide and the club itself with a bit of fondness at least? Yeah, for sure. Like I had like some of my best football memories um are with Adelaide and like some of my best friends are there and I have great relationships with so many people like at the club and the staff in the team. Um and yeah, it's just one of those things in football like sometimes you just gotta you gotta move on but you know, you can still look back on it fondly and yeah, like they were my first professional club and I'll always be grateful for that chance and one of the best seasons of my life probably will be for a long time. And yeah, so they'll always be that and they'll always be the people that are like were there doing that with me as well. So definitely. Yeah, in terms of, in terms of the, the jump that you have made, I mean, it's fair to say that in terms of providing a, a women's football program, Sydney FC probably offer a little bit more and probably are considered a bit of a step up, all things considered. So how have the club sort of contributed more to your lifestyle and are you really feeling that sort of step up to another elite level uh, within your own sort of career? Um, Interesting question. Um, 
to be honest, like for me, the decision to come to Sydney was football based, um, above anything else. Um, you know, about the coaching and about the team and about, you know, what we can achieve. Um, and that's trying, like, kind of where I'm trying to put my focus and my energy. And I think, like, you know, the rest of the stuff is, it is what it is. Um, I think in the league, um, those things aren't perfect wherever you go and some maybe better than others, but, um, I think most of the time you just gotta, you know, make the most of it on the pitch. How have you been able to settle in as well? Obviously, look, a new club, new city as well. How have you settled not just into the club, but living in Sydney as well, where it's obviously much bigger than Adelaide? The drives are a little bit longer. I think that's the biggest phrase that I hear a lot of people say when they move from, I won't say basically outside of Australia's two major cities coming to one of them. It's obviously a much bigger environment, a little bit of a different lifestyle. How have you settled into it both just in club and the city in general? Uh, yeah, the city in general, like, I thought it would be a bit more of, I guess, like a culture shock in a way, like, um, a bit, yeah, feeling a bit busier and all those kind of things. But I, I don't know, it hasn't really. Sometimes, like, you know, you go to the beach at like three o'clock on a Monday afternoon and it's packed with people and, yeah, this is crazy because in Adelaide, you know, I'd have it almost to myself. But, um, yeah, and the traffic, that's another one that's a little bit inconvenient. But I think it just, it's probably just more familiar in some ways to being in England. And like, I, you know, I used to drive like an hour and a half to get to training. So if it takes me an hour to get to training, like it's not the end of the world. I think Adelaide was, Adelaide was a treat in that regard. Um, so yeah, Sydney probably just feels a little bit more what I'm used to in some ways. Might help assimilating into it, actually, if that's the case. It's um not necessarily the worst thing in the world, I guess. We'll move on to the actual football that you've been playing this season. Yeah. Obviously, your own personal start's been fantastic. The clubs, maybe you could say up and down, I guess, but you guys have had a lot of football to be played. In particular, the AFC Women's Champions League. I can't remember the title off the top of my head. I know it wasn't technically called the Champions League. Women's Club Championship. There we go, Matt. There you go. I know, Matt, I know you love your, um, Asian football. That's why he's here. He's the expert. But, um, playing in that competition, obviously for you, getting to play continental football as well, that's a massive achievement just in itself. Going there to a country maybe a little bit unfamiliar with as well, Uzbekistan. We've seen a lot of teams and not just clubs, but national teams from Australia go there and struggle quite a bit. You went there, scored four goals in two games right off the bat. Unfortunately, Sydney weren't able to take the step to make the grand final of the tournament. But what was that experience like? Was it something a little bit different for your career as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. I haven't really been away for like a camp like that since like under 15. So, um, yeah, definitely a new experience for me and a fun one, especially being new to a team. Um, start of the season, obviously hadn't necessarily gone quite to plan, um, our second game before we went. So to have that time together, um, kind of bond on the pitch, off the pitch and just away from everything else, you know, you're kind of in that little bubble. Um, it was really nice. And again, yeah, being in a tournament, you know, teams that I'll, you know, probably never play again in a country that I'll probably never go to again. Um, you know, not really. You know, you don't know what to expect. You have no idea. You know, they've got, you know, these teams have national team players. And I think each of the teams we played had national team players, but they were all very, very different games. Um, and yeah, it was quite fun just going into a game going, I, we don't really have any idea how good they're going to be. Um, you know, we just went out hoping we were better. Um, 
And it was a relatively good tournament. Obviously, yeah, disappointing that we didn't go all the way. But yeah, the Red Angels were a very good side. And yeah, I think they fairly beat us. So um, yeah, interesting. Very interesting and good fun as well. Being being at that level where I guess, you know, it is continental football, so it is, it is really realistically a step up despite the fact that the Iranian and Uzbeki sides probably weren't weren't that that, that of that standard anyway. But yeah. playing against South Korean national team players and playing yeah. at a at a level that I think coming from sort of an English background, you know, playing with Coventry, Leicester, I mean it's you're you're basically on another planet when you're playing against, you know, a South Korean domestic side, right? So yeah. how do you feel that sort of step up uh, on the Asian continental scene has gone in terms of the levels of football you've played at, the things you've noticed in terms of how these teams play tactically and sort of any infrastructural things you might have noticed along your time? I mean, was it was there anything that really caught you by surprise uh, uh, with the Red Angels in particular? Um, like They were technically very good. And it, again, it's that pace of the game. Um, and I guess I'd compare it a bit more to, uh, yeah, when I was back at Leicester and you'd go and play um, like a cup game against a WSL side or when we were playing against Man United and they're full-time and you know they're full-time and you can feel that it's full-time and whether, you know, um, if you threw each of us into their training environment for a month, like I have no doubt that we'll be, we'll be there. Um, I don't think it's necessarily an ability thing, but yeah, I think you got a lot of national team players who are playing as full-time players and you can feel the difference like that get the speed of the game's just that little bit little bit faster a little bit sharper and you can kind of see it out um for a bit longer um and yeah that's probably the main difference we'll track back to the a-league now like i said it has been a little bit of an up and down start to the season but even just linking it to the uh women's club championship first trying to balance all those competitions coming back going back to obviously your former club in adelaide then coming back home to play Melbourne City, did you did it kind of take a toll on you in terms of uh, physically or mentally in any way? Um, I guess like I definitely that game coming back was exhausting. That first game against Adelaide, um, yeah, we'd been uh, we got on a plane very shortly after we'd played, and we're only sort of three days back before we back on a plane again. Um, so yeah, physically it was probably pretty exhausting, but I also think at the same time it was great just to have that time playing without having to worry about the other stuff. You know, you're in there, you're in the normal tech boots, but as long as you fancy, you know, the physios there, you, if you need treatment, you can kind of get it whenever and you're kind of just always preparing for a training session, you know, recovering from a game, preparing for a game. Um, so I think like in some ways physically it was great just to be doing that and you know properly taking care of yourself and having all the things that you needed um but yeah it was exhausting especially playing you know a few games um with only a couple days break um but also that's kind of why you play isn't it like you don't play for the training sessions you play for the game so um yeah it was good and I think it was good for us as well actually um Obviously, it's a disrupted our league a little bit, but I actually don't think it was really bad timing. Um, I think, you know, it was probably good for us to have that time together. And I think, um, yeah, came back, good game against Adelaide, maybe not so good against Melbourne, but at the same time, you know, bad start. And then we kind of came into it. And I think, um, I think it kind of having that time where we've bonded together and we're all on the same page, I think it helped with the comeback, even if we uh, still fell short. So, 
yeah, a little bit disruptive, but I actually think better for us in the long run. Talk about disrupted, having the international breaks all in and around there probably doesn't help either. Yeah. There's one game in particular I want to talk about from the start of the season. Obviously, your club debut against the Wanderers at Allianz Stadium broke the record for uh, domestic women's football match in Australia in terms of attendance. Just playing in that environment in front of that crowd, speak to us a bit about that experience because I'm not sure if you may have played in front of a crowd like that, maybe in England at some stage in a cup match, even a league match per se, but... What was that experience being able to play in front of what is a record crowd, at least that we've seen on our shores? Yeah, uh, no, that was awesome. Um, so I, I played the biggest crowd before that was in Adelaide when we broke that record. It was like five, three hundred or something. So half as many, really. Um, and it was just completely different. Um, I don't know. I keep, when I'm trying to explain it to people, I keep comparing it to like a game of FIFA. Like, you know, on a game of FIFA, you have that canned like noise that's just constantly going on. Like, you can hear like the fans and stuff. Like, that was the first time I played in a, you know, a real life game with that kind of noise. Like, there was drums going on, there were chants going on, like constantly. There was a, just a continuous buzz. And yeah, it, it was, it was great. Like, it was so good that it was just, I don't know, it really makes you feel like you're part of something, doing something. Um, and it's, yeah, extra special, um, yeah, debut and a goal in front of that many people. It was a very memorable game. Not just seeing the, the impact of, of sort of the game here in Australia post World Cup, getting a crowd like that, but also your, your former club Leicester being in the WSL now. You know, there's, there's some, some very good players there, a very high quality of standard and, and attendance figures as well. So how proud are you to sort of see the impact that the game's having in England? I mean, we've just had the Arsenal and Chelsea game this, this weekend draw a massive crowd at the Emirates. So you must be really, really proud to see that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like to say, um, what, two years before I left, like six years ago now, that structure wasn't even in place. It was still a, like a, just a summer league, the WSL. Um, and again, having played in the championship, um, and knowing kind of what that experience was like and having had conversations, um, now and knowing what it's like now is, yeah, it's pretty incredible how far it's grown and how quickly it's grown. And I think they're really setting an example to the rest of the world about, you know, these are the, you know, women's football can look like this and it deserves to look like this. Um, so, yeah, incredibly proud of, yeah, how you, far it's you, gone. You still in touch with any sort of staff or, or players at a club like Leicester? Not actually. Uh, there's not really anyone there that's still involved since I was um, last there. Like, the club's changed quite a lot. So, <laughs> so unfortunately so, not. There's <laughs> something I actually want to speak to a little bit. Obviously, in Australia, we do have a tendency to kind of compare ourselves to other parts of the world, and we do have a knack of trying to compare ourselves to guess the top places in the world when it comes to football, rightly or wrongly, but you say when you're in England compared to what it's like now, it is a little bit vastly different. How do you compare the kind of structures and the professionalism you've seen in Australia compared to what you had in England when you were last there? And also, how would you compare it to what you know of England now? How different is it really? Um, I think in some ways here, it's a lot more professional than what I was experiencing in the UK, um, in terms of, uh, there's a lot more in place, um, you know, when it comes to contracts and, you know, certain rules and regulations and those kind of things and healthcare and all that side of things is, um, far more professional. But, you know, I still, it's still not 
really more full time than it was back then. Um, you know, you're, you're getting paid a salary, but it's still sort of set up that, you know, almost allows and expects people to have other jobs. Um, whereas in the UK, it's certainly not like that in the top tier. And for most of the second tier, it's not like most of those teams are full time and full time, properly full time, you know, training, uh, in the morning, double sessions and those kind of things. Um, so yeah, in some ways, Australia is probably slipping behind, slipping behind the second tier now, um, with how far it's grown. And yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully Australia can keep pushing to get those things better. Cause I think there's, you know, there's really good groundings in place, but you know, it's still not full time. Um, the salaries aren't very high. Uh, it's not full year round. Um, you know, so you're in contract and then you're out of contract and you're just kind of floating around for, for a few months. Um, and the preseason's really short. Um, yeah, there's definitely things that can be done to get it closer to where, where it is in the UK. But I think, you know, when you compare, if you were to compare the, uh, Premier League to the A League men's, you know, the gap is enormous. Significantly larger, of course. Yeah, a little bit to do with, you know, how the, how the sports scene, um, in England compared to here. But, um, yeah, I definitely think there's a bit of a way to go. But That's probably another thing you could speak to as well. Was it a bit of a culture shock coming here, realizing that football is almost nowhere near as big as what it was in England? Obviously, I guess it is well documented. Australia does have other sports that it puts its interest towards AFL cricket, but were you surprised at how maybe further down the scale it might? have been compared to obviously what you would have grown up with, of course? Uh, I don't know. To be honest, I haven't really thought about it like that because I guess I was, uh, you know, I was probably more just thinking about my own um, experience of it really rather than um, anything else. But no, it, yeah, it's probably only later on now that I've really noticed that and when, yeah, you kind of see how much the game's grown over there and you sort of look at it here and you go, ah, oh, yeah, but, you know, the where the heights that it has the potential to reach probably aren't as high. Um, so, you know, it's probably going to take more work to get there. Um, you're probably, you know, the, the men's teams don't fill out a 60,000-seater stadium. No. Every <laughs> Definitely week. not like you do in the UK. So to expect the women's to get there probably isn't going to happen either or, you know, not for a, not for a while anyway. Um, but yeah, it's probably only something I've really thought about later on. Yeah. It is definitely interesting. And look, I guess that's probably a deeper issue in Australian football. We won't touch on it too far, but track back to you and your kind of start to Sydney FC. Obviously you had that goal against the Wanderers in front of a packed out stadium as well. Fantastic goal he scored that day. You go to Uzbekistan, four goals in your first two games over there. You come back to Australia, two goals against your former club. Has there been anything that Sydney FC has kind of worked on with you in particular that's kind of been able to see you hit the heights again that we've seen of you at Adelaide as well and be able to see you start so seamlessly at a new club in a new environment as well? Um, you know, I think it's just, I think we've got good players in the team. You know, I don't think. My goals have really been, um, you know, uh, incredible, you know, individual, um, individual moments. I've got good teammates who, you know, have put the ball in some nice areas for me to kind of tap them away. Um, yeah, I think 
mainly it's been in an environment with good players training at a good standard and means I can kind of do the things that I'm good at, um, which scoring goals, I think. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's the main thing, you know, just talented players and talented coaches as well. You know, you've got to put the right players on the park and have them playing in the right way. But, um, yeah, it's definitely just those things, I think. It's a humble answer, but that goal against the Wanderers, that was an incredible finish. May not have been an individual goal in the sense of you're picking up the ball, taking players on and scoring, but not, there aren't many strikers in Australia that can finish a chance off like that as well. So it's definitely got to be a credit given there. We'll look forward, <laughs> we'll look forward a little bit as well. And obviously you've got that win against Newcastle on the weekend, a late, uh, Courtney Vine goal. Obviously, has been a bit of an up and down start to the season, but now you can kind of look forward to having an uninterrupted fixture schedule moving forward. You will have a couple of catch-up games to play, of course, but other than that, it is kind of all systems go moving forward. We know Sydney FC as a club, and as much as you may be new to it, I'm sure you are still well, well aware of it. They are a side that can really build as the season goes on. Are you kind of getting that feeling as well? It's like you've got that one win now, and you've got a platform that you really can kind of move forward and push on from because... You take the games in hand, you guys are still not far from first in reality. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing with the the pre-seasons being so short. You know, I don't think round one um, really shows what, you know, how the season's going to finish and, or, you know, early on really shows how it's going to go, um, especially now with the season being longer. Like, there's so many games and I think, um, you know, where maybe our start's not being quite as we want it to go, but we have so much potential there. Um, and I think definitely growing is what we're expecting. Um, and yeah, it's been a pretty good start. Like, you know, um, obviously for myself, having scored some goals and I still don't, I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, so I think that's a good thing, really. And I think the same for us as a squad, you know, we've picked up points and we've won games and we've had good performances, but we're, you know, when I don't think we're where we're going to be at round 20, round 22, um, and, you know, hopefully going into a final series. On sort of uh, just sort of the nature of the league at the moment, though, I mean, obviously, assuming that you grab six points from six in the, in the, in the uh, two games that you're sort of down on, it would put you, I think, second or third, right? So yeah. just... For sake of argument, you're still kind of in that upper echelon when you, when you make your games up, right? Let's just, just sort of run with that argument because I think it speaks to something that's important in terms of there has been a total lack of consistency across the board from the 12 teams in the league at the moment. And I think that Sydney are one team where because of their sort of down on those games, you, you're not really seeing the full package sort of come together in relation to the rest of the teams in the competition. But. With that being said, given that there is sort of a, a lot uh, across the board that is sort of mixed up with other teams and not that you're in a position to really speak on other teams there, Fiona, but I guess being in a position where, uh, the finals has been expanded in the, in the A-League women and there is a position of sort of ambiguity with how the league season will play out with so many teams who we maybe thought would perform slightly better than they have. How exciting is it to be in a competition that's a bit of a free-for-all at the moment with the nature of the way that the competition is playing out? And are there any teams that are performing well that you're excited to play going going forward? Yeah, I think I think that's the thing about the A League. You know, you there's a couple of teams that you know you're kind of always always expecting are going to do relatively well. I guess Sydney being one of them, um, but then the rest is a bit of a bit of a gamble you don't quite know and there can be quite a lot of turnaround and you don't necessarily have so much time in the in the preseason uh 
to bring it together if you do have a lot of turnaround. So I think it's always generally a bit exciting trying to figure out um, how teams are going to go. Um, and yeah, there's been a pretty mixed bag at the beginning. And, you know, I wonder if that will, you know, settle and it'll become a bit more obvious how teams are actually performing um, as the season goes on or not. Or maybe it will just be a big share of points uh, generally across the board. But uh, in terms of individual teams, um, you know, I guess we're, we're Perth at the weekend and that will probably be an interesting one. You know, they're a team we've built for a couple of seasons now. Um, you know, kind of close to finals last year and, and are doing well, obviously, this season. So I think that'll be a, a good, interesting game. Um, and I think sometimes it's only when you're really out on the pitch against the team that you kind of know how well they're doing. Um, cause yeah, the points, especially this early when, you know, teams have not had so many games and, you know, there's been lots of breaks in the season. It's not always obvious. Um, you know how teams are actually when you you're out on the park with them so yeah i think that'll be an interesting game just to kind of slowly wrap this up as well you said you're not exactly where you want to be yet which is crazy considering you have had quite a good start um i know strikers do tend to set a small at least in the back of their mind a goal where they kind of want to be come season's end have you got a target in mind of how many say goals you want to score come season's end um to be honest, I don't normally set myself a target like that. Um, my expectation is I want to be scoring every game. Um, and if not a goal, then it's an assist. And that's the kind of figures that I want to be looking at at the end of the season. Otherwise, and I'm, I'm unhappy. But, you know, at the same time, you know, a goal every single game across the season is, um, a pretty high standing and expectation. Um, so, you know, Will I expect to be there? Well, I don't know, but that's what I'll be going for. Every single game, I want to score a goal. So, um, yeah, that's no. where I try and keep it. Another golden boot, maybe? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, you know, but again, at the end of the day, it's, um, I'll try to compete with myself. And if that's where I end up, that's where I end up. As long as I'm happy with, uh, you know, what I produce at the end, then, you know, golden boot would be nice, but we'll see. Yeah. Just uh, just on this with you moving teams, I think something that Cody and I have forgotten to sort of get onto is, is the teammates that you have at, at Sydney FC. Is there anyone who you've sort of combined with and, and played with for the first time since you've moved that you're really impressed with um, and that you were really excited to sort of be, be around in, in that environment? Um, I think definitely having, like, Courtney and, and Princess as my wingers, um was exciting you know having like you know talented wingers um who can do what they do and hopefully then set me up nicely um as well and combining with them I think that was probably the most exciting exciting one uh for me um and yes yeah, still is and obviously court's been out a little bit and I haven't had too much of a chance to to that link up yet but I think that's another thing that you know, as we build through the season, those relationships are going to get stronger um, and hopefully even better combination by the end of it. No, certainly looking forward to seeing how that does build moving forward. That is all we have time for, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining us on a new edition of Front Page Dub Shorts. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. And yeah, like I said, thank you for taking time out of your day to be able to come and join us. You are more than welcome. Thank you. Um, that is all we have time for today, folks. Hopefully you guys have enjoyed listening as well. If you have, be sure to drop us a five-star rating on Spotify. 
Get us on the socials, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn. I believe we are on threads as well. I can never remember in all honesty. But Front Page Football, wherever you're searching, any social media platform that you want to get, get uh, follow us on. A lot, we've got a lot of people here producing a lot of content and making sure you don't miss anything that we do covering the women's game. I've been Cody Ojeda, been joined by Matt Olsen and, of course, Sydney FC striker Fiona Watts. And we will be seeing you very shortly with our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs>